In this episode of the New How Podcast, Tony and I sit down with Joe Scarice of First Trust Bank and talk about how to obtain a mortgage, how he got into the real estate, how you can get into real estate, and uh, a lot of advice for new time investors and seasoned investors. It's a ton of fun on this episode. Uh, we get into just about everything. We also talk about the future projections of where real estate is going in the Philadelphia market. So sit back. Here we go. This is the New How Podcast. Learning to build businesses and real estate in the new age of technology. Today's guest, we have Joe Scarice from First Trust Bank with us. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. Joe, I don't want to introduce you. I always love to let people introduce themselves. So if you want to give a quick little intro to who you are and what you do, let's Um, get rolling. My name is Joe Scarice. I'm with First Trust Bank. I've been a senior loan officer since 2001. I've been with First Trust Bank the past two years. I've been in the Philadelphia market or South Jersey market for now over eight years and uh, have established a very strong platform of lending options for clients throughout the, the, the market. Well, uh, we've been kind of interfacing with you for a few years now, actually. Few, you know, yeah. I think it was probably 2424 when we first met. I think Maybe. you were in an office this big that we're sitting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, But obviously, you've, you've given us a lot of knowledge in regards to the real estate market. And, you know, for this podcast, we really want to give a kind of blanket real estate market mm-hmm. topic. But today, where you really come in on the mortgage side and the, and the lending side, uh, investment side, you know, I think you have a lot of knowledge to bestow on our listeners well, here you. today. Uh, Brian, how do we want to get started today? Kind yeah. of just background, hear what, what Joe is, where Joe's been up to uh, yeah, up I, until 2017. I think, I think, Joe, if you start with, like, maybe how you got into real estate. I, okay. I love hearing, like, how everyone got into this mantra yeah, of real right. estate, you know. I took my uh, real estate exam in uh, 1988. Where were you, Tom, uh, 1988? I was negative two years old. No, all right. <laughs> with my mom, actually, at the real estate school in Garwood, New Jersey, yep. where most of your family on your mother's side is from. Gar- you, you know too much about me already. You see? So... <laughs> Uh, got my real estate license there and then uh, went down to Harrisburg because then you didn't have to uh, take a test to be grandfathered in the PA license. So I went down to Harrisburg, got my license in PA. So I've been licensed in real estate since basically 87, 88 mm-hmm. and got into really into investing in real estate in 94, about a couple of years after I graduated college uh, from Rutgers University and I bought my first uh, quad, which I lived in. And rented out the rest. Oh, what's a nice. quad? So like a, just a four unit. Four unit, okay. And, you know, I was house hacking, as you would say, uh-huh. in today's time, mm-hmm. uh, back in 94, because I liked the idea of somebody else paying my mortgage at the time. Mm-hmm. So you were living in one unit, renting out the other three? Yep. And I was an auditor for the state of New Jersey, and uh, I did some uh, private auditing uh, after I left the state. And I, uh, about 2001, I decided to get in, in my banking license. And uh, moved into mortgage lending, and you know I, I was investing in properties as well. Uh, I have investments up in the North Jersey area still. I have investments down here in the Philadelphia market as well. And uh, you know I felt that lending was the best sourcing to one make connections with the right people and to expand mm-hmm. my real estate investment base. Cool. So let's just you know for a second. So now you're in. So you're with First Trust Bank. What is, what's your title over there? Senior loan officer. Okay. And where are you based? Out of Philly? Or um, is it- I, I mean, I work out of, you know, pretty much my own office, which is in Northern Liberties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have responsibilities to specific branches in Rittenhouse Square, uh, Point Breeze, mm-hmm. and Marlton, New Jersey. And I report to the Horsham uh, corporate headquarters awesome. in Horsham, Pennsylvania. So in regards to, like, loans, you know, you're working with investors as well as first-time homebuyers? We, we are investor-friendly. Um 
the loan officer uh, team is primarily investors uh, that have been loan officers for years. So really, we look at everything as an investment from a, whether it's a first time home buy or whether it's their 20th purchase, uh, we facilitate regular conventional financing, first time financing, government financing, as well as portfolio financing, meaning our own bank's money will lend on specific projects and we are investor friendly. Awesome. So what, what kind of drove you to the Philly market, right? You're up in North My Jersey. Wife. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's an easy answer. Yeah. Right, so so that was, no, uh, well, basically, I was up in the Lehigh Valley area uh, right after the mortgage crash mm-hmm. and uh, was maintaining properties that I owned and then still originating mortgages living up in the Allentown area. I uh, met my wife at an event in Easton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and three months later, I was in Philadelphia. Six months, uh, three months after that, I was engaged, and then a year later, I was married. And Mother. you know, I had to really restart mm-hmm. myself in the Philadelphia market, which I find extremely robust from getting to know people. Mm-hmm. So the first year or two is always tough to kind of dig your foxholes, but uh, I've created a really strong uh, networking base of yep. uh, educational events. And yeah, I see you out there all over the place, Joe, a little bit. helping people. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Don't and, be so and, humble. <laughs> well, it's all about the educational component, meaning like networking plus education equals opportunities. Right. Or any of those words could be flipped. Yeah. Opportunities plus education. networking equals education. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all a matter of being available, being out there. Uh, it's a numbers game of meeting the right people to facilitate loan origination. So speaking of numbers, the one thing, you know, what I found fascinating about real estate is it's something you were never taught growing up if you didn't have the right people around you. Like if your parents weren't in real estate, you didn't go into second grade and learn how to get, do real estate, right? Yep. Like, so, you know, what, what kind of knowledge can you give for someone that's like just looking to kind of get into it? Like, you know, whether it's a first time buy or, or you know, if they're looking for an investment opportunity. Like, what have, what have you seen from new people getting into the real estate? Listen, I, I deal with 50 to 75, sometimes 100 calls a day, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's like Monday through Friday, then Saturday and, and Sunday. And, you know, at the end of the day, people want to get all this, they pick my brain. I could, you could, my brain is only available if I know what your <laughs> financial resume is about. Right. Yeah. If you're not willing to allow me to put an application together mm-hmm. to figure out what you can do now and in the future to yep. keep you bankable, Financeable. So bankable. Let's chat about being bankable. Let's chat about being bankable. So so give me like give me like two things. Like all right, you're telling me I to get a mortgage. Like I need to be bankable. What does that mean? Credit score. Okay. And documented income. What's my credit score gotta be? Typically. I mean, even just to buy a regular home for yourself, Mm -hmm. no less than six twenty. Okay. I mean, think about it. You're you're giving a loan to somebody that are there are there programs out there for five eighty credit score? Absolutely. But do you want to see that person lose that property? Because the odds of them, that individual losing the property at a 580 credit score is more likely than the person with a 620 credit score. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Because maybe there's some circumstances being at 620. There's definitely circumstances at 580. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is some predatory lending that sits out there. Uh, but I, I don't partake in those type of programs, nor, nor do I feel that somebody should be buying a home at 580. I think they should be getting their scores to 620 or better, right. where they're, they're at least they're financeable, not just for the house, mm-hmm. but things they might have to do to the house. Mm-hmm. So that's so that's that's the next one. So, all right, I got my credit score. What's next? Like, number one sounds like credit score. What, what's the next Documented piece? Documented income, meaning whether you're a W-2 or 1099, there has to be two years of work so history. If I have, so if I have a tenant, I shouldn't be pocketing the cash because it's not going to do well for me if I'm trying to buy another property. That's right. correct. Yeah, you should document all your your income depending mm-hmm. on you know the property or you. Okay. Also, if you're if you're self employed and you're ten ninety nine, writing off everything is not really the smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so it's really all about evaluating your income, having the right whether bookkeeper slash CPA or CPA, uh, facilitating your numbers to make sure your income looks correct, and then back that up with a with a solid credit score. Then you're financeable based on 
you know, what your reserves are. What do you have in savings? You know, yeah. what do you have available to participate or your buy-in into a property? So, and obviously there's a financial component. So like, what's it look like? All right, I'm a first-time home buyer. I'm looking to find something in like the mid threes, right, in around Philadelphia. There's a lot of hot areas like Brewery Town, you know, north, northeast up near like Port Richmond area. Like you can get something in the mid threes that's pretty nice. What, what do I got to come to the table with financing? Well, I mean, you could come as low as 3% down conventionally. Okay. Your seller assist, meaning credit toward closing costs given by the seller, mm -hmm. is a little less than a government loan, like a FHA loan, VA loan. USDA doesn't really count in this area because the only where you see USDA is where you see cows. So <laughs> unless you find me a cow here in Philadelphia, there's no USDA. Yep. So VA, FHA, PHFA, all, these are all government-related products that allow mm -hmm. maximized seller assist in closing costs given by the seller up to 6%. Where the Fannie Mae loans, the conventional loans, or the Freddie loans, you will not have PMI as a part of the payment, but it'll be rolled into the interest rate, yeah. and that's credit-related too. So, like, if you have a good credit score, you know, your impact of MI to the rate is going to be a lot lower than somebody who has a lower credit score, but you can write off interest. And PMI, just to preference that, that's like mortgage insurance, yeah, right? private mortgage insurance. That's for yeah. the government loans, but this is the thing. It's permanent on the loan. There's no tax deduction capability to it. Mm -hmm. So the, the, this past quarter, or this past seven months really, has been the largest volume of conventional low down payment products ever <laughs> than this year, meaning the 3% product, 5% product is extremely powerful if the people qualify and have enough money to offset the limited seller assist given in a, in a purchase gotcha. compared to what the government gives. And, you're, and, and look, be honest with you, you know, the interest rate is going to be higher than me, not that much higher than an FHA loan, but guess what? You don't have to refinance down the road, per se, to get rid of that PMI, because that PMI is permanent, it will not fall off. Mm. It used to be based on equity in the property, but since the mortgage crash, that kind of all dissipated yeah. uh, from the loan program. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like someone, like, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, where people are headed because you know obviously we do architecture and help clients on that side of things and you know it's like what are millennials trying to get into like what are you seeing like the the, the late 29 early 30 year olds like what do, what do they want well within, I, within? I see that that millennial either trying to eliminate or completely removing a uh, a college bill that was sitting out there <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. two if they don't have college bills they're looking to understand everything before they get into something. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking to depend on a power team to keep them in the loop. They're, they're also, I mean, they're big YouTubers. Yeah. So they're looking at all the how to, what to, you know. So they're willing to get dirty. Into, right? They, yeah. And they're willing to understand that they need, they don't want to see what, what happened to their family in 2008 happen to them. So right. a lot of them are not just looking at single family. They're looking at the multifamily wor world mm -hmm. and looking to offset their overhead with another rental in play because they're already accustomed to living in an apartment or right. they're already live, uh, rent, renting from somebody else. So they're already accustomed to that environment. Uh, they're willing to learn about hanging more than a picture. <laughs> um, Some drywall, yeah. spackle, you know. <laughs> and, 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 but but the, the disadvantage is for them is that you have a lot of people moving into the real estate market license. You know, hey, listen, I just got laid off. I'm going to become a real estate agent. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that person knows what they're doing. Not at all. Um, so you have this, you have 11,000 realtors that were created last year in Pennsylvania. And how many of you think have real estate background? Mm -hmm. Well, I have marketing background, 25 years. That's not real estate background. Yeah. 
you, I, I have seen over a thousand transactions, whether commercial, residential, construction, and I have made multiple mistakes. We all make mistakes. Yeah. And thankfully, I am still in the business following a lot of those mistakes mm -hmm. and have been able to you know, make up for those mistakes, have gotten those deals closed, but have learned something from every one of those of experiences. I, the, the, the potential problem you have is with the millennial that wants to know everything. They're working with somebody that probably doesn't know anything yep. because they haven't been transactional. They maybe don't it's even their own buddy, their own it's home. Their, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting uh, next 24 months with the market. Uh, so robust. Yeah. Job reports are very solid. I mean, the, the, that article just came out in Philadelphia about the, we're in like the lowest housing stock like ever since 2005. Mm -hmm. the, losing, the, the, the lowest housing stock on approvable tr transactions. Interesting. Uh, think about this. Uh, you know, how many home inspections have killed deals in the last six months that you know of personally? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. I know a lot of them. <laughs> okay. So that means there's not a lot of inventory that's move-in condition without, without a, you know, doom and gloom home inspection sticking to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So when, when it's saying the inventory stock, movable in stock, gotcha. inventory stock. So is, is there enough inventory out there in the Philadelphia market that you can move in turnkey? I, I mean, personally, for no. no. For the no, demand, no. No. It's, just a, it's a very easy answer because why are some of these other homes just sitting out there in the market when the market is a, it's a seller's market, mm -hmm. okay? They can sell anything if it's priced correctly. Yep. So what's the problem with the house? Well, needs needs fifty thousand dollars worth of well, work. Well, there's minimum. something wrong with that property. Yeah. So that's the only inventory you're dealing with. And then when a new house comes on the market, everybody's running to it to peel the onion. Yep. Yeah. To see if that's the next property, because you know, 2008 statistically, a lot of people lost equity in their homes. Mm -hmm. The people that lost the equity in those homes in 2016 saw equity for the first time. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean their houses are ready to resell. Correct. No. The, the, or those houses are turnkey for the people that are looking to buy. People's expectations on quality of work now in Philadelphia is completely different than a decade ago or, or even five years ago. Yep. Do you, what are your thoughts on 203k loans? Have you, do you do any of those with what you're into? Or? Well, it's a good question because most of the uh, the, the loan the lending institutions out there have gone out of it. Yeah, well, and so just to preface what a 203k loan, we, we are only involved with them because we're handling it from the construction yeah, standpoint. Correct. Where it's actually pretty cool. The bank works with the home buyer. The home buyer purchases it, and then the bank provides the financing to then get the construction done. Are on there that. banks out there that do two or three K? Yes. Am I doing two or three K currently as a loan originator? No. I feel uh, the thirty-five thousand and under is a very complicated loan, mm -hmm. and when at the end of the day, that usually those renovations exceed the thirty-five thousand dollar streamline. You know the regular. You know the streamline. Yep. And then when you get over the 35000 then you need to retain a uh, FHA-licensed uh, consultant, which is 1500 whether you buy it or not. Mm -hmm. And then you got to follow those rules, and you can't really have any direct uh, arms-length uh, work to be done by you mm -hmm. directly. So you got a lot of – and when I tell people in a, in a funny way, you know, we'll do the 203K if, when I was doing it, but we're not going to be friends after the closing. <laughs> and, and that's okay. I'll well, give you your bottle sure. of wine, and then we'll, we'll, we'll part ways, I mean, and you'll own the home. It's hard. I mean, we're we working with a client right now on the design build, and, you know, they have all these wants and wishes. They, they've seen HGTV. My house is going to look like that. You know, I'm doing it. I'm going to get it. But it's it's actually getting them to understand, like, the reality of the situation. Like, look, like, this is what it really costs. It's like, well, that's the know. problem with the millennial and the YouTube chat, you know, videos because they look so – retainable and so yeah. possible yeah. they don't see what goes into uh these repurposing or reconditioning of these properties i mean it's old and beat up for a reason yeah because exactly. somebody did that to the property 
you know, uh, when you gut it to the studs, you're still not done with problems. There could be all other kind of problems. I mean, the pipes are as old as the building. So that right. means if the building's built in 1930 and no one's renovated the house, that means the pipes are 1930. We typically tell clients on a renovation to buffer about 25% to Absolutely. 30% of their budget. You. And they don't have that kind of money. Somebody getting into a 203K is looking to be in on the cheap. Mm-hmm. So that means there's a couple of things. That means they have very limited funds. Very limited ideas of what's going on and what's the reality and what's not reality. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, they don't really understand the finished value of the property or the, 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 the breakdown of construction that goes into it. Well, I also know the, what's interesting about the one we're doing, it's actually in a really good area. It's mm-hmm. just a rundown house. So, you know, the we're seeing at the homeowners, like, make trying to add extra out of his own pocket to add to the scope because he's seeing, like, oh, well, if I get my house to this point, it's going to be worth almost as much as the brand new construction across the street. Well, but it also sounds like he's going to be in the construction for six months or so. So, oh, yeah. so what <laughs> happens the... is with that, with that, you know, with that extreme change in value to the home, mm-hmm. he won't be in an FHA loan that long. Correct. Mm-hmm. He'll be in the two or three K loan for one year, which is mandatory yep. under FHA. And then he'll look for a refinance option at that time, but you got to get to that. Exactly. So, um, again, I'm not, a, not really originating at two or three K at this time. I think right now it's a very complicated loan. And I think there's other inventory you can go after yep. that, you know, it's just dated stuff that you can buy turnkey and hopefully get into the property without a inspection telling you that the house is falling into a hole. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's really how I look at it. Yeah. Tone, what do you got? Cause I, cause Tone sitting over here, I know you mentioned like, Oh, I'm thinking about buying a place someday. What do you, what do you, I yeah, mean, we I got mean, the mortgage I, expert in front of no, us. I mean, I'm really excited to get my credit up and get my financial resume ready to present to you so we can actually start looking at how we can get a mortgage started. Well, I mean, I'm not a credit I'm not a credit repair specialist in no, any no, no, no. way. But, you know, listen, at, at the end of the day, you should be going on to a credit report site, not Credit Karma, but a more reliable site that gives you more direct information to what's on your credit report and making sure there's no medical bills, none of these little, you know, parking authority bill that you forgot about and they put a collection on your credit. That does impact your credit 40, 50 points right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So if you have a volatile credit report in the first place, that doesn't make it any easier. No. Um, save your money and be realistic realistic to your expectations. I mean, I tell people, you know, on various blog sites, you know, that what neighborhoods are good for me? And and I say, well, listen, what neighborhoods can you afford? Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're asking for neighborhoods to buy good deals in, and you don't even know what you're qualified for or whether you are qualified for that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, Philadelphia is a, is a city of 50 or a county or a state of, <laughs> in, in nature of 50-plus neighborhoods. And they're all different. And all have a different price point. They're all different. So, you know, to me, somebody telling me I want to buy a three-family house – for $300,000, and then I ask them, have you done a, a pre-qualification? They tell me no. That yes. means they have no idea no what they're really qualified for or if they are qualified for that $300,000 make-believe number. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's that's the frustration you have because they just saw an HDTV movie mm-hmm. <laughs> or show, <laughs> and they or they saw the, a great blog on one of the many real estate sites that are out there, mm-hmm. and they want to do what it says on that blog, and then they create a loan in their mind. That now is reality to them and Correct. nobody else. Because they've heard about it or they've yeah, read they, about I'm it. I'm going to draw a stick figure for you and then you're going to leave me alone. <laughs> and, you know, like I have I have a client that I have to return a call that, that the individual does not want to get their credit or their, their, their application taken. I should just be able to give them a loan. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't really float. I mean, the other thing, too, is I, I'd love for you to talk about everyone always thinks they know what's going to happen. No one knows what's reality, what's going to happen with the market. But, like, you've obviously witnessed the rise, right? The dot-com era. You've witnessed 
the crash in 08. Oh. You're witnessing the comeback right now of what's happened after 2011, 2012. Well, you know, maybe when you were not in school, but when I was in school, we based everything on 10-year real estate cycles. Mm. Uh, I think today is more of a five-year real estate cycle. Um, I think, you know, 92, when I came out of college, we are in a recession, mm-hmm. somewhat of a recession. Really wasn't a lot of jobs out there or opportunities for somebody to come out of college. Now they're prepping, you know, college grads a lot better by give, enforcing the intern concept where they have a resume when they walk out the door. Mm-hmm. So it's not this big step up. Yep. Um, you have the mortgage crash. You have Dodd-Frank. You have the TRID guidelines all kind of falling in at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you have the loan officer, average age of 50 years old in the business. And really, somebody, the loan officer that's 30 years old in the business really hasn't seen enough business yeah. to facilitate all the questions that you're coming up with. I mean, they could read something and then try to transpose it in their own way. But unless you're you're seeing it or feeling yeah, it, got or a really good it, mentor around you or someone. Yeah, that you I mean, you got to build a very solid power team, and and really, you have to size up people with no less than ten years' experience in the field, mm-hmm. or you're really putting yourself at risk of failure. Whether you're a real estate investor, first time home buyer, secondary home buyer, um, you know, I, I'm not just going to hire somebody because they're a friend's friend or a cousin. Of that nature, that's just not going to happen. I think that's really important to to harp on in this conversation is like why mess around with it? You know, why let your friend mess around with it if you have such risk into the project? You, you would be amazed in the past two weeks. Maybe the moon's too close to the earth. <laughs> yeah, um, it's right, we're about to go sun. Or the full moon was yesterday. Coming, yeah. But I have had more cut people call me for advice while they're working with another loan officer to close on a, on a loan because they screwed up or was. It, I don't let it go past the that moon because faces. I'm not here to give the, the worldly advice for free. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't work for free, nor do you, I don't. And it, it might open up to a legal issue, right? Like I don't know. Well, like, I just say, listen, you know, you know, you make your bed. You I was going to say, you made the bed, man. You know, you, you know, the the walk of shame is going to be really nice at that closing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's, a, it's this is PG, right? Yeah, you get. Yeah, you know, we're it's, you have, we haven't crossed that R we yet. Crossed that yet no, so, no. Yeah, I'm staying very abbreviated. But I mean. Listen, you know, you, you can't take the advice of a 25-year-old licensed real estate agent and say, hey, go to this in-house. The, the controlled partnerships that are in all these real estate offices is extremely dangerous yeah. for 11,000 new realtors coming into Pennsylvania real estate. And they're going to depend on these this very limited amount of power team. They need to establish their own power team, mm-hmm. establish their own loyalties and trusts, not the controlled pro- partnerships of the various flagged real estate offices that are out there, mm-hmm. which make you think that you're only allowed to talk to these individuals. And what happens is when something goes sideways, you're going to that individual and, and the people around them get burned in, in that circumstance. Very and true. I can give multiple scenarios. But I'm not here to go and no, drop no. in names or drop in circumstances. But the problem in the real estate industry today, if you're going to say, hey, listen, Joe, what do you see is going to be the biggest problem over the next 24 months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest problem over the next 24 Controlled months? Controlled partnerships within the real estate office. Controlled partnerships within. Meaning like they, they have all these, these, these people that buy in or pay, pay the broker to be yep. in the good graces of the office. Mm-hmm. And the only thing is they're buying in for the good graces to, their bro- to the broker they're not to be really. in the office. Have they been weeded out? Are, are, are they really the best in the field for the for the 50 to 100 realtors in that office? Mm. Or are they just, question. they just have enough money to pay to be there? Right. What is it? Is it because they pay to be there or is it because they're good at what they do? A little bit of both, I'm sure. Or maybe not at all. Or maybe not at all. You know, so I think that's the caveat you see right now in real estate offices that they're enforcing, hey, you got to use my title, you got to use my real yeah. estate, you got you got to use this, this, and this. So you're turning these people into robots. Yep. And they're not, and something they they need something out of that robotic circle 
They don't even know where to go. So I, I, let's just chat on robots for a sec. Do you think, I mean, let's look at a, let's look at a 60 month or 100 month picture. Do you, I mean, real estate agents, I mean, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the scare, well, the scare of Zillow is, you yeah. know, scaring everybody. I think, you know what? I mean, just to, just to preface real quick, Redfin is listing properties now and selling them online. Yeah. They're testing it. And the individual still wants to talk to an individual. Correct. Listen, when I'm out on the street and I'm knocking on doors, dropping off flyers, meeting people, uh, I, 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 obviously, you know, I have a, a very well-versed uh, group of networking events with educational pieces. Yep. Until all those thousands of people disappear, I'm okay. Yeah. But if you're not on the street and the market does shift and you're depending on what your broker's telling you to do of or course. make those 50, yeah. you know, robotic calls to expired listings, <laughs> whether you're a real estate agent or real estate professional, you're, you're completely screwed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because if you're not out there building your forecast for the next six months today, you're in trouble. I mean, I've seen you speak. Your, your number one line is your network is your net worth. Absolutely. And I remember the first time I heard that, it hit me. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Did I actually hit you? No, like, you know, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I might have. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Give you a little pop in the chest, you know, kind of thing, or a but, chest bump. But that's that was a place where we got to present, you know, a few years ago, and we met a bunch of people. I mean, And really, you're still in touch with those people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we We're, work with a lot of them. We've... I mean, yeah. I mean, lots of relationships. The, the dig events that you've hosted, you know, and have had us be there. I mean, that was just exciting for us, but also exposure, you know. And that's how we ended up building our network as we grew as a company. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have the, uh, the, the 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 strobe lights and the, nah. uh, and the uh, the dancers and everything at my networking events. I'm going to have educational speakers yep. providing a service for you to add a slice to the pie of your real estate education. Yep. And you know. Maybe I don't have 150 people come, but the 25 people that do are the qualitative people I want to meet exactly. every time. Exactly. And you know what? I know I walk away with a new person in my bullpen to either work with, invest with, advise with. Refer to. Refer yeah, to. There's always some dot. Um, you know, there's nothing more impressive when you're with somebody. And, I, Joe, I need this. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> Boom. You get somebody Boom. on the phone. Here you go. Yeah. Here's that HVAC guy you needed. Here's yeah. that electrical guy you needed. Here's that you know environmental person you needed. Here's that yep. attorney you need to talk to for a zoning question. Here's that expediter. You need to be like that. And that's more of an impression than Redfin listing properties. Exactly. That's very true. And I, and I think we've mentioned that in past episodes, like this one-to-one -one relationship. Like we've talked about how marketing and things have like changed over the years, like literally how it's almost becoming automated, but the people that are winning are the ones that are making that automation feel like it's the one-to-one. -one. And, and I'm going to give you a great example. Remember when Howard Stern had a monkey go against uh, Artie Lang <laughs> and the other guys about betting on football and, and the monkey won? <laughs> so right now, there's 11,000-plus Realtors that are like the Howard Stern monkey. Yeah. <laughs> that anybody can close a transaction if it's priced correctly. Of course. Anybody can list a property right now and sell it. Anybody could find a qualified buyer mm -hmm. to buy. When the market shifts, are they going to have the social intellect mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. be able to do that same thing? So then will Redfin really work out? Because you still have to have somebody that answers the phone mm -hmm. that has to have some type of social skills mm -hmm. in... Reading people, conversing. Intuition. Yeah. Reading people, character lineup, integrity, the whole thing. So really, as long as you stay consistent and continuous in your business, that you're mm -hmm. out there meeting people consistently and continuously, your house is fine. Yeah, I agree with that. I think staying out there and continuing to meet or improve upon your team as you go into the next project, I mean, that's definitely big for small people, if not big people. Well, I try to make lending fun. Yeah. Like, you try to make architecture <laughs> fun. Yeah. Okay, listen, architecture is architecture. Yeah. I went to Rutgers Newark. 
yeah. university, mm-hmm. and I used to look behind me, and I saw NJIT, and I used to see people, <laughs> architects sleeping on ledges, okay? <laughs> yeah. So they all sleep on ledges. So I know they work long hours. So, okay, so there's nothing exciting there. And then at 1 o'clock in the morning, they all zombie land up to the pizzeria, got food, then came back. So, okay, so now you're, you're full-pledged architects, and you're, but you, you're trying to give it a spin, mm-hmm. okay, and a sellable spin. And you have intellectual speaking skills, so you make it look different than the rest of the architects that just kind of like run its course. Right. Same with lending. Lending fundamentals are lending fundamentals. Exactly. You know, but you got to give examples to give it some type of juice for people to find you appealing what, to consider that you as a viable option as a lending source. That's a great follow-up to we, a couple episodes back. We talked about the value add, mm-hmm. right? What's, what's your, what do you feel your value add is within lending? Like, like I know. good looks. <laughs> well, well the, besides that, I mean, that, that's a given. But I mean, you know, what's... My beautiful like, smile, you know, my eyes, we're my getting, eyes. We're still talking on the looks, right? Oh, but, okay. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but, but I mean, like, seriously, like when, you know, because you, you have a ton of experience. You've seen these cycles. Like, what's you know, your, what do you bring besides the experience? What I'm do you I'm transactional. Feel? I love it. I'm transactional. I own properties. Yep. I own properties. Yeah. Not property. Correct. I don't live with my mom. <laughs> which would be a great idea to go back. I love to live with my mom. But uh, I don't live with mom and dad. I don't live in a basement. I don't rent. Nope. I own. Mm-hmm. So I can say, yes, I understand. Exactly. For an agent today that's renting or really not in the investment world and say, hey, Brian, I really understand why that deal didn't work out, that you rehabbed and everything <laughs> I sold to you, and I gave you really bad numbers. Yep. But I understand. No, you don't understand because you don't own any investment right. properties. You don't understand how much my money costs. You don't understand the frustration I'm going through. You don't understand so, the $15,000 I just lost. So I love it. So it's, it's making sure that, because uh, I think that can be used on everyone you're trying to do business with, right? Like making sure that person is transactional. Yeah, faking till you make yeah. it today. Right. It won't work. No. It's not going to work. No fucking no. way. No. No. I mean, you're, you're ab- you absolutely have to work with somebody that when you go into war, mm-hmm. They have a gun with you yeah. in a foxhole. Yeah. You know, they, and they'll run back. And they know corner, what to do. They know what to do. That fight in and running up the wall. I mean, it's it's a very obvious business. And, you know, listen, Facebook is wonderful mm-hmm. to, to source people. But, you know, you see some of these people bragging about the, the, the transactions. Uh, you guys are connected with me on Facebook. Yeah. Right? Oh, of okay. course. Have I ever showed one picture of one closing? Of course no. not. And, and, and one transaction? No, I mean, that, those are my favorite people because, I, I mean, we're busy. It's like, usually selfies with mom. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw the selfie. Yeah, that's what I saw. There was yeah. that. There was that picture of you giving the key back to your mom, saying, "I'm moving out." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> changing locks and putting a new lock on. Now, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, all those tombstones don't mean much. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, be humble and just be. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I don't man. need to talk yeah. about it. We get to work. Know? Let the, yeah, the let the speed. you know make waves in your own and let people see the waves. You don't have to show them the jet ski driving through it. You know what I mean? Like Silent that's is so much, sometimes very much louder. Well, yeah. Silent. Well, that's that's the thing because I you know like all right like you're doing stuff like I I like like when you see people posting a check or you see people posting like, oh I'm about to close this here like how the fuck do you have time to do that if you're actually doing it? Because I'll tell you right now you don't. Listen, and that's, I want to walk into any event or all events and look like the host. Mm-hmm. Whether it's mine or somebody else's, yep. how do you do that? By just being yourself and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, listen. If I can make a thousand dollars for everybody that has asked me per day, per question, this one question: How do you get it done? And my answer back to as, as many as I can: Don't worry about how I get it done. You worry about how you get your stuff done. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because a busy person always returns emails. Of course. Always returns. It might calls. be three days later. 
But well, I, that's for you. For I me, get to it. I, for me, I am very quick to respond. Yep. And if you know, I always bring a notebook with me. That's right. I, and I have threats from different people saying they're going to steal my notebook. But guess what? I could buy a new one. Yeah. And, and, but at the end of the day, I write everything down personally because when I'm done with it, I'm complete. Yeah. And this is the problem. People are too caught up in depending on other things other than themselves. They're getting things done. They get spiraled out. Yep. And when the market will shift, they will not be very successful because they're not – they don't have a strong network base. Yep. And that's what you have to keep working on. So, like, I mean, I walked in here, we're talking about two new venues I'm trying to have events at. I'm, I'm yep. already talking about November events. Of course. I mean, I'm in August, 85 <laughs> degrees. I'm talking about November. I'm talking about Thanksgiving already. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at my, my three, four-month forecast. My, the rest of my mid-year goals are being set as we speak. Mm-hmm. But you're also executing, and you're being transactional at the same time. Follow up and follow through. Right. Follow up, follow up and follow through. Definitely it. Got plenty of lines. North Jersey thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why I like you so much. Wait, are you from North Jersey too? No, it's South Jersey, but still, you know, Wait, I know fan, uh, Cherry Hill. That's not New Jersey. Oh come on! Oh come on! <laughs> it's, it's Philadelphia. It is Philadelphia. That's <laughs> right. I, I equate anyone when I came to Philadelphia. The, the most interesting thing to me was like the shores south of Atlantic City. Yep. Like that's how you know if you're in Philly or yep. you're in Jersey because I was always north of Mason. Well, exit eight. <laughs> The term, you know, exit eight yeah. is really that Mason-Dixon line. That's right. Uh, and, and obviously, North Jersey uh, individuals go to different beaches than South Jersey Correct. individuals. We go to the shore. Or Philadelphia, and it's like yourself. Like we go to the say shore. you're from Cherry Hill. That really is <laughs> Philadelphia. So I'm from Philadelphia, and I'm, I go to Atlantic City up through Brigantine, or really LBI was the threshold. Yeah. Now it's yeah. kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I no longer go because my wife's from Philadelphia. So I end up going to Margate or Vetner or yeah. one of those South Philly uh, I mean, I stops. enjoy them, but, I, you know, the North Jersey beaches were nice. Too. And the food. And the food. Let's yeah. <laughs> be honest. I mean, you know, uh, you know, obviously your family from the North Jersey that we all went to school together will all say the best Italian restaurant is not Ralph's. It is Spirito's in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Spirito's. So, you know, when you say Ralph's, you mean there. Ralph's Philly? Ralph's in Philly. But the, the number two, yeah, you got to go to Spirito's, man. That's <laughs> ravioles are the size of my head. So that's, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? I, why I like about if I can afford to go, because I'm doing a lot of real estate and it affords me to go to those type of places to have mm. fun, take a break. Have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yep. Go see North Jersey because you know what? That's already all played out. Yeah. See, a lot of these people don't realize, and, and Brian and Tony, you're not you're not old enough to realize, but like your aunts and uncles, yep. your family remember when Weehawken was a dirt ground. <laughs> it looked exactly. You know what it looked exactly like when mm. I was 18. What Weehawken looked like? Mm. The track between where the Lincoln Tunnel starts and then all the way up to Fort Lee looked like. Penn Treaty Building all the way up to the Taconi oh waterfront. Wow. It was empty. Wow. Now it's now we walk into one of the top twenty-five places to live. So Unreal. you're we're sitting in a city that hasn't even developed correctly. That has enough development to last that's, a quarter century. That's yeah. what I. That's what I'm predicting. Exactly. I mean, that's is that Water your prediction? Run. You think huh. you think quarter century we're going to be steady? I mean, listen, the individual that owns a jet ski from Northeast can't drop. Is not going to pay to drop their jet ski down on Delaware Avenue. Your mortgage spear. You're right. right. They're going to go to the poor man's version in Taconi. Yep. Mm-hmm. So why do you think they're dumping $100 million into that marina? Mm. And why is there still just this a billion dollars just spent on transportation from Girard Avenue yep. all the way up for crabgrass, motorcycles, quads, yep. Dawn of the Dead, whoever's living out there. <laughs> you know, really, the best thing it's the coming. city or the state can do is just mow all the forestal down yep. because now you can see everything. Yeah. Yep. And then you have a real waterfront. That, 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 they still have to demolish all that. But, yep. you know, Steve Wynn did start a, a momentum for that waterfront was he did designate 60 acres 
for a casino. He didn't get the license, Mm -hmm. but there's still 60 acres that was designated to be a mixed-use environment, like an outdoor town center mall or some type of concept that someone's going to do. Some sort of magnet. I just think the real estate values here compared to New York, compared to D.C., like, I mean, the the calls we're getting just for work from like, oh, uh, we're in New York. Um, Do you you guys do development? Can you help us out? Like, you know, it's it's coming. Like, I don't think it's going to stop here. I think Philly will be the last place that actually slows down because of how low the pricing is. I was on two different panels, one up in North Jersey, one in Philadelphia on commercial residential influences in the market. Mm -hmm. The only conversations that were up in the North Jersey market was $30, $40, 50000000 million deals. Mm-hmm. The discussion in the, the Philadelphia one was from 250000 <laughs> up to $10 million. Exactly. And that's the okay. that's so That means there's a lot of play yeah. for people to, to do well mm-hmm. and grow. The little guy can do well yep. as long as they plug away. But they have to be realistic in their expectations, and they can't just – they got to be bankable. they got to be bankable. <laughs> they got to be reputable. they got to be follow-through, follow-up. You know, don't bring a lot of drama to the table. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the one person, the most important person you need to depend on is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to be a licensed agent, don't depend depend on the in-house. Depend on you building your own team because exactly. guess what? I tell people in social media classes I teach. You know, yeah, they give you a, a web page, some of these, 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 <laughs> these companies. Yep. What if you leave the company? Who owns the web page? Correct. They I do. Know. We say that all the time. Why don't you own your own page? Right. Why don't you own your own name? We, we tell clients, especially when they're doing projects like development stuff, like you should have an own website geared just towards that development. That way you can always hold on to it, show it. That's it. it. I mean, it's branding. Yeah. So it's all about branding in this market. Where in New York, you can't afford that branding. Exactly. In D.C., you can't afford that branding. I mean, D.C.'s already played out. It's like... DC's DC is interesting because I think they set up the transit system right there because they're building shit out and like rest in like oh, yeah. just going I've past stayed there. down there. It's beautiful. Some yeah. of the I mean some of the market neighbors still need to come up, but yeah. I mean wherever they're building a Whole Foods, you would assume that area has already <laughs> progressed to the point of yeah. you know the movement is is coming or there presently. I mean let's give an example. Bait and switch. Ever been to Bait and Switch down uh, on Somerset? Bait and switch. In Port Richmond, right? Seafood, right? It's owned by Alan Don, Don Real Estate mm-hmm. Councilman Alan Don. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would bet 90% of the people that are eating in that restaurant any night of the week don't live there. Poor <laughs> Why? Because he's looking at it 24 months down the road when the people that are eating there will be living there. Correct. Mm-hmm. The only th- reason why I that street was famous was Tacanelli's. Mm-hmm. The only place where you can't, you run out of dough. It's, go- it's, it's going. I, I literally sure. think it's going all the way up the, uh, the river, just like you're saying. I, literally I think, think it's, it's going to go. I think your, your new box is Castor, Richmond, Kensington, and Fran- Lehigh. How about Frankfurt? I think you have you have a uh, you know you, you have a problem where the the regenerification is pushing toward that el- the element that was where the where the trend all the regenerification is yeah. going on right now mm-hmm. being pushed into Mayfair being pushed into Frankfurt. Gotcha. Mayfair is a very older neighborhood where you know where when Aunt Mary passed away the kids took it somebody right. lived there yep. now Aunt Mary passes away they sell it to whoever they got to sell it to t- what they can get Correct. Yeah. and then that individual rents to most likely whoever they can get the rent to afford. That bill. Yep. So it's a different time. That, that happened along some shorelines. I mean, that happened in Seaside Heights, New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. When the third generation got their hands on that house, they didn't Boom. care who See they ya. sold it to, who We're they out. rented it to, and then the market took a tank. Yeah. Okay? So Seaside Heights is a perfect example of a neighborhood, a shore community, that turned into a very dangerous place yep. to live in or walk around with in off-season. You had heroin addicts. You had drug addicts. You had you know, uh, all types of just not, not the right people. Where they had a part-time police department, where they had a they had a literally raise the taxes to bring a full-time police department Jeez. in yep. year-round. So that's just an example of yeah, I, twelve blocks. 
And I, th I think, uh, I mean, I'm excited to see the next 24 to 36 months. Here. I don't yeah. see it slowing. I see it actually gaining steady momentum. Or getting, I think once you see announcements of the waterfront. Oh, so you're yeah. seeing announcements of the waterfront where the money is right now. Correct. Yeah. I want to see the announcements of the waterfront where they just put a billion dollars worth of transportation or next when to you, it. Or when you see Comcast 3 getting ready to go up. Uh, or <laughs> I mean, you see Comcast 3 going up on the waterfront. That would yeah. be nice. Yeah. I mean, that's going to change Port Richmond overnight. I mean, yeah. all your employees are sitting right there. I mean, I, I would hope anybody that develops along that waterfront, first priority jobs go to the people that live in those neighboring neighborhoods. Yeah, uh, whoever is councilman in that area better, you know, better be smart and do that, or there probably won't be a councilman that next term. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true. That's how it works. I, I love it. Well, Joe, no, I just, you know, I just want to bring us to a close here, just kind of wrap this up. Um, you know, I mean, this was a great conversation because I, we went from mortgage, we went through the state of state of being able to get a mortgage. Then we went to where where the market's going. I think we can all I yeah. mean, we can again all a ton of work. knowledge, a ton of knowledge oh, to, yeah. to to bring to the table. I don't know where forty minutes just went, but there, <laughs> but there it went. But I I, I want to end it. We I, should drink next. Time. We should, <laughs> we we, we thought, yeah maybe we'll just start drinking on these. This will be great. <laughs> but uh, I I want you to just give like yeah what's like the one thing that like you can give advice to someone that's like you know. Get, wanting to build their business in real estate, whether it's a realtor, whether it's an investor, whether it's, you know, through all the shit you've seen over the years, like what's the one thing besides being trans understanding who's transactional, what's the one thing that you know that's like tried and true that like this is what needs to happen in order for you to be successful in this industry? Follow up and follow through. Follow up. Every person I meet, I get every business card. I connect with them on LinkedIn, Facebook. I follow up with an email. I don't hit them with a call because it's a little scary. <laughs> but I stay in connection with yep. them as now they're part of my network. And now they see who I am. And if they decide they want to follow up with me, they will. I, I'm, I'm very available for them. Yep. And you always get back to them, right? Absolutely. Follow up with email. Not you, but everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you have your, your aunt call me, now that's different. I will return her call. Personally, I will return her call. Marianne, I will return your call. Absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, no, this, this has been awesome. Joe, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Um, this, will, this is going to be a good episode. I think the popularity on iTunes of this one is going to be at least 85%. You can, find, you can find Joe on Facebook, uh, Yeah, Joe, Twitter. where can we find you at? Find me on Joe, as Joseph Scarice. Not with the middle initial, because that's a maxed out Facebook. But I have another <laughs> Facebook page, and uh, I'm on there. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I have a channel. We'll put the 200 we'll, videos. We'll put the link. We'll put the links. Yeah, up I'll put some links on, and people yeah. will find it. I yeah. love it. Cool. Yeah. All right, Good man. Job. Well, Very thank good. you so much. Gentlemen, and, thank uh, you as always. We'll, we'll have you back episode 90, 95, probably. Oh, and yeah. we'll, uh, God we'll, willing, I will be here, <laughs> standing straight. God up. willing, we all will. We all will. <laughs> Absolutely. So, awesome. Good. Thanks again, Joe. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, it would mean the world to us. You can reach out to us at thenewhowpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we really hope you got a lot of value out of this episode that you're going to put towards your business and real estate endeavors.